When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11 still sweating buckets. Um, I can't bear this heat, I'll be honest. Um, hope you're all safe and well for your channel. Please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. Obviously we have videos going up daily. We will keep you going during this weird pre-season, off-season type world we live in at the moment. We have lots of West Ham content, lots of fans coming up, including today's fan. I'm not going to even try and pronounce his surname because I don't want to... Do it, so I won't do it justice. It's Lewis John. We'll just call you. How are you doing, That's Lewis? Fine, How's mate. things? Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Very good. Uh, how and down. yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was still sweating buckets. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I can't can't get used to it. Um, but uh, how are you? Have you been sort of during this sort of weird time we live in at the moment? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I mean, um, I run my own business and stuff, so it has been tough. I won't I won't lie to you, but mm. things are slowly starting to pick up. But uh, yeah, strange for everyone, and um, because I just live with me and my dog, it's it's been been tough really. But you know, it's, it's tough trying to have a dog and um, not being able to walk him and get out and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, all good, mate. Um, things are slow, so trying to get back to normal now. So yeah, um, yeah, slowly getting there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's slowly getting there. It's all sort of baby steps, isn't it? But I mean, and and the great thing is, you know, obviously, you know, you you're quite sort of active on Twitter and things, you know, despite the fact that no one's been able to see each other properly, everyone's been able to keep in touch, haven't they? Sort of the West Ham, you know, and, and that's lovely to see. It's really nice to see. And it's not just on Twitter, on Facebook. And, you know, you, you see that sort of West Ham community, everyone pulling together, everyone helping each other out. And um, it makes me proud to be a hammer. It really does. I don't, I don't see it with anyone else. Maybe because I'm biased, but, I don't see it with like Tottenham fans or Villa fans or whatever like that. Do you know what I mean? We are we are a great fan base. I've always yeah. said that. You know, we're probably one of the funniest, if not the funniest, fan bases. You go go to your especially away games and yeah. some of the stuff you pick up there are just oh, you just you remember forever. It's brilliant. Yeah, you're right. We do we do have this this sense of innate sense of humour that comes with supporting West Ham, and uh, it's funny even just, trans. The, Sorry, they're, they're just so quick at some of the things. Something will happen and literally someone will come up yeah. with something. And it's just like the someone mentioned the other day about the Arsene Wenger, um, the, the Watford away game, and there was this woman came out and she looked like Arsene Wenger. And the fans were literally like, there's only one Arsene Wenger. And yeah. it's just things like that that just off the cuff and brilliant. It is, and it's like, I would love to, and I don't know when people come up with these chants as well, because sometimes, you know, people are like, you know, they'd be in an away game and... and there must be a WhatsApp group I'm not invited on or whatever. And and they just and then the chant just develops and then it just carries on, as you said. So things like that. I mean, it, that's half the fun against the away games, isn't it? You get so much more banter than you get at the home games. Definitely. Oh, it's, it's, it's superb. And like I say, I'm sure everyone's missing it yeah. you know, at the minute. It's it's, uh, it's sad, really. Um, but I'm sure when it all comes back, everyone's going to be you know looking forward to it so much. It's... Even if we're having a bad season, I think fans just 
Yeah, be there, really. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd be more appreciative of of football in general, like live football. Not like, obviously we see it, we'd be able to see it on the telly, but um, but yeah, actually going live and seeing seeing your mates and going to the pub, and I think we'll appreciate that a lot more. And it won't necessarily be about the result; it'll be about. And it never has been, Lewis. To be honest, I'm not being funny. We're not in it for the football, are we? Really? Um, no. We've backed we've backed the wrong wrong pony, if that's the case. But. Um, but it, it's that sort of togetherness and, and just that spirit and just that family and atmosphere, which I think people miss. And you can't really replicate it. You can, you can I mean, we have like Zoom watch along parties and things like that, but it's, it's not the same. Um, and uh, but although I think we've, we've made the best of, of what we can do, to be honest. And uh, at least we're in the Premier League next year. So, yeah. you know, that's better than nothing. Um, what what team? Great, cause, because we've got obviously like yourself, you know, you've kept us going during lockdown and. Dave and X, um, Sean and Nigel on yeah. the podcast, Free Hammers, Hammers Chat. Everyone's, you know, been brilliant. It's, they've kept West Ham fan TV, you know, they, they've kept us all entertained and stuff for a while. Oh, yeah. It's great. Oh, it's, brilliant. Um, yeah. It's to say, because because of my job, I'm walking all the time. Yeah. I, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got my phone on. I've, I can listen to a lot of podcasts and it's great because, you know, we're shut away and stuff and, and we can still listen and, and, and watch and, you know, still be entertained sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah and there's so much West End content out there now, which is great. There is, there is, and it's all brilliant, and I love it. I try and watch as much. You, you must get like a deluge. That's why I quite like all my stuff because my stuff's not particularly topical. So it's like even if you come to it two or three months later it's all nostalgic so it's not like it's out of date do you know what i mean maybe a little yeah. banter bit before andy's but the rest of it and yeah i mean we, we you know we're trying to we actually in a couple of weeks time we're going to be doing some some stuff with some of the other youtubers together for um new and food banks so um that's going to be announced very very shortly i think but um uh yeah so no it's great and i love yeah as you said it just keeps everyone going ticking along isn't it um you know, there's crap on telly, you know, EastEnders isn't back or anything like that, you know, and so, you know, it's great that everyone's, and also the, the guys like the American Hammers Network, they have some great content on there, but, you know, it's usually about two or three o'clock in the morning for us, yeah, um, but uh, no, they're good fun as well. Um, so, so Lewis, we, we see the West Ham shirt, we see the couple of old ones behind your head as well. Um, why is West Ham your club? What's your, what's your West Ham story? Well, I wasn't born into a football family is so much on like um my dad and my brother neither of them were into football so i had a granddad who supported sunderland um and the other side of the family were spurs so i had a cousin of mine who um was a west ham fan and he's about the same age as me um and i kind of decided to pick one team and it was it was west ham over um spurs yeah, obviously, I'm happy about. <laughs> so for the first first eight ten years, I I wasn't even into football at all. And then no. about 1988, uh, ten years old, that's when I really started to get into it. Um, and like I say, chose the team and just you know bought a couple of VHSs back then of the season highlights, and just absolutely hooked and watching C facts, you know, on a, on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, just so enthralled with the whole thing. And then they started bringing West Ham games on ITV, which is a program used to be called the London Match. Yeah. And that was it. The first two or three years, I just couldn't get enough of it, really. Um, so the first year, obviously, I supported West Ham was relegation season. <laughs> and the first game was in 91 against Coventry, and we lost 1-0. So, ah. um, so you, set, you set your stool out quite nicely there. Absolutely. Yeah, so and just been there ever since, really. I've yeah. never regretted it. I mean, obviously... 
I was two years old when, <laughs> when we won the FA Cup, but which I don't remember, obviously. But yeah, I've never regretted it. It's just one of them, them teams that frustrates the hell out of you. But it's. Uh, but you love it, yeah. Yeah, even even relegations. You know, we've we've enjoyed the championship down there when we went down last time. And uh, we did. You know, it's like I say, they frustrate frustrate you so much, but they're your club and. Yeah, I, no, it's, it's I don't totally see how right. some people can change teams willy nilly because oh. once it's in your blood, that's it. No, it does. It just get, it gets. And what I've always said about West Ham is it just gets into your system without realizing, sort of seeps in the clothes, and it's like you know, it's so you know, for me, it's like you know, I, I might have a meeting on a Wednesday night or like a late Wednesday afternoon meeting, thinking, oh, I've got West Ham. You know, it's always in the back of your mind, you know, what's going on. And, you know, subconsciously, I was doing a thing with the Irons United guys and I was doing it in my, me and my wife's bedroom. And without realising, my bedroom is sort of claret and blue. And I didn't even realise that. And someone <laughs> mentioned it on the live stream and was like, oh, God, yeah. You know, it's just, it just has these little blinkers on. And um, you're right, I, I, I don't, I can't get people who... He did the whole sort of flipping, you know, glory hunting, you know. It doesn't tend to happen so much with sort of the older fans, but the younger fans when they're sort of finding their club. I think once you pitch your club, you've got to stick with it through thick and thin. And um yeah, my daughter, she hasn't got a chance, bless her. Um I never I never really had a chance really. My great 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 granddad was a coach for the Thames Ironworks. So from then from always there's been this West Ham thread flowing through. So um yeah, but you're right, they frustrate you more than anything. But you know, doesn't matter what season, if we go down, we finish or we finish fifth, you'll know at least twice or three times a season we'll turn up and be world beaters, whether it's against Chelsea or Tottenham or Man United or Arsenal. You know, there'll be two or three. Go- and that's our season. That's my season, you know. And for that week, I can go to all my Tottenham friends and go, ha ha, yeah. the other 51 weeks of the year, <laughs> I don't, I go, go hiding. It's like the season, though. You know, we, we didn't get beaten by the, any of the bottom three teams, which is unlike us. Normally That's really lose, unusual, like, yeah. We lose to them teams and then yeah. we beat the top teams. But now we, we run beaten against the bottom three teams this year. So. It's crazy, isn't it? And and although I, I and every season, every sort of close season like now, I have blind optimism that this is going to be our year. I swear I've said that every year for the past... 25 years it's going to be our season this season and yeah. and the thing about West Ham is they could easily either get relegated or win the league you know they're sort of in between and neither would surprise me because they're just so they're just so random West Ham and I think that's why we love them because we just don't know what we're going to expect on a Saturday or a Wednesday Absolutely. or a Monday or a Thursday it depends when the game's so on. I've, I've kind of thought this one out I don't know if you remember Panini yeah it's got the old um, books in there and it's got the old teams and stuff so so I've got the 88 to 89 and 89 to 90 so things like that when i was growing up yeah you know it was brilliant and um the old my first shirt the bac one at the bottom was obviously the kids ones so it doesn't fit me anymore but you know, <laughs> i've got quite a few of the shirts as well but yeah no I've, and i've just been football man ever since really so um yeah i uh, just wish we you know i'd seen that i mean i know we've won the playoff final but i wish we kind of i know you won mean. something in, in that time because it's just so frustrating it is. I, I just think it would, uh, although we're sort of used to it now, it would be nice just to win something just for the fans, you know, just because the thick and fins, as you said, with the the guys who've been around, you know, they've been, they might have supported them in the, in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. They've had, they've had a bit of glory, but we haven't, you know, I, you know, I'd, we'd be the Intertota Cup in 99, European yeah, glory. Um, and that's been it. And obviously FA Cup final in 06, but it'd be nice. 
even I'll take a League Cup. I mean, that's the only thing we haven't won is the League Cup, so that'd be yeah. quite nice. And no one seems to bother about the League Cup. I'd love them always just to have a go. I know. I'd love. To, I'd just love them to have a go. Um, but the trouble is, it's all about the Premier League, and it's all about the, the money and. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen this year? So we'll see what happens. But until then, we'll we'll just we'll, we'll dry we'll dream. I think the fixture list goes out in about a week or so's time. So um, we blind optimism. We always have yeah. top four or top sixteen, don't we? Yeah. Well, and you will have a couple, and I reckon yeah. But we'll see. Uh, thing is, whoever you're going to play at the moment is just weird, isn't it? Because just are you a crowd noise on or a crowd noise off type person when you watch the football? crowd noise off to be honest yeah um yeah just it's just different when the when the german football was first came back obviously before the premier league and you, you're kind of watching it and it didn't bother me having no fans but it's, it's interesting to hear what the players are saying and the managers and all that yeah yeah it's, it's strange it was very strange to start off with but no it's you just get used to it now we just sort of got used to it all now i think it's gonna be weird when, when fans start going back in because we're so used to sort of having a good view of the game you know <laughs> and that's the thing Absolutely. you go back to back to your seat where everyone understands you're like what i can't see anything where's where's my action replay where's me where's yeah. my commentary from jamie redknapp afterwards my halftime analysis no you just you just say so, it's so funny how people adapt so quickly um yeah no yeah crowd noise it's about 50 50 the people i ask crowd noise on or off so i can see both sides of it but yeah and it's funny i do switch between usually just to hear you know the players swearing more than anything because they can't bleep it out so it's quite funny exactly and uh, they always yeah. have to the commentators have to apologize the time. i'm so sorry for you any rude words well what would you expect they're not going to say oh, flipping hell um right uh, let's get on to the 11 lewis because i'm looking forward to this as i said um the whole point of that of the channel it's the hammers 11 that's my hammers 11 that's the whole point of it is the count of your 11 so your individual 11 of your the players that you've been alive to see play um so yeah. obviously it means that we're not all putting Bobby Moore in the team and people like that. And Billy, I, mean, I never saw Bobby, Bobby play, never saw Billy play, never saw Trevor play. Um, but I saw, you know, I don't know, um, Andy Melville. Um, I saw Jonathan Spector and, and Malky, Malky McKay, Jonathan Spector and Medu. That's who I saw. Unfortunately, they weren't in my 11, but, um, and you can do whatever you want. You know, some people do a theme, some people do their favourite, some people do whatever. It, it's up to you, man. And that's what's great. We've had about 200 different players have turned up since we've been doing, I think you were, I think you were about 145th okay. interview, something like that. So we've had quite a few and, um, you know, so there's been a nice spread. Um, so we'll start in goal. Uh, okay. Who's going to be between the sticks for the Lewis 11? So it was, it was a difficult one because when I first done this, it's just, impossible to just do yeah. it and then not change things but kind of done it and I ended up being it was like the 91 92 team and it was like I can't have all that you know I need to kind of mix it up a bit because <laughs> for me that's my you know growing up that was my first sort of year sort of thing yeah so, um but in goal for me I think I don't think you can look past Miklosko yeah L Ludo was um for the money we paid, and it was a Makari signing as well. It was, yeah. A lot of people forget that Makari actually signed some decent players. He did. Bish. Uh, Morley, Bish, um, mm. Martin Allen. Mm. He signed some brilliant players. Um, and Ludo was obviously one of them. And from, from day one, you could see how good he was. And I'm surprised he never made it into a, a bigger team, to be honest. I know he's quite a shy guy, and I think he mm. was kind of happy with where he was. Yeah, um, I, I get that. 
he could have and gone he was, and, yeah. and made a lot more money and, and everything else. But I think he was happy in the um, where he was, the team he was. He knew he was adored, and yeah. the guy was just. There's there's a couple of uh, season reviews on there, and I think on one of them they actually said, you know, they put a couple of McCloskey errors on there just to say he is actually human. I think one of them was in the shot, um, order shot in the cup, and I think we won seven one. And he let the one uh, in six one, I think it was, and uh, yeah, he literally just pushed it into the net and they put that on there. But he rarely made a mistake, and he was just immense. Yeah, and and he was just the the first that sort of modern era goalkeeper. You know, the Phil Parkses were big blokes, weren't they? Yeah. But, but McCloskey was just this athletic quite an athletic guy quite still quite built but like you know more athletic and you see like now with all the keppers and the hayers they're they're even more sort of scrawny really uh you do have yeah. people like yeah and 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 i think yeah i think you're right it might be because he was more of a he was he's he's a terribly shy person ludo is and um and that might be why he never probably went that next stage maybe i don't know but you know thankfully he didn't because he became a legend at west ham but uh because we'll put, you, cause obviously we had players on loan before him and it was like perry mm. suckling i don't know if you remember him no and uh um tony parks i think it was yeah. spurs spurs uh, goalkeeper he come on loan so we had a lot of loan goalkeepers when i was growing up but as soon as ludo come in it was just that was it really and i was glad he be... came i was really happy when he came back as coach as well because yeah you know um I'm surprised he's he's still not like kind of in the game. I don't know where he is. I don't think he's he's he's, a, he's, a, he's back in back 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 in the homeland, I believe. But uh, but I know what you mean. And he just then he just seemed to be in goal for us forever. Do you know he just seemed to be in goal for always and uh, all the time I remember. But uh, all right, I'll put Ludo in. Who's next? I'll let you go through the team as you want to, Lewis. Right. So right back. Yeah. Um, I've got my Tim Breaker. Timmy Breaker. Um, for me. Again, very underrated, um, a bit yes. like Ludo. Um, and he was with us a good long while, but he just used to get down that right-hand side and he put, he used to play some terrific balls in there. Um, and he would obviously come up with a goal or two, but he was just just fearless. Absolutely brilliant, Tim Breaker. Um, I've got a I lot like... of Luton. You know, I grew up with a lot of... I'm from St Albans, so we're, I'm not far sure. from, from Luton and stuff, but... So I grew yeah. up with a lot of Luton fans and they said how good he was and we signed him and I was well chuffed. Um, and like I say, he'd done it for, I don't know how long he was with us, eight, nine, ten years. A long time, a long time again. You know, they they, they stuck around that that era. Um, and he was just, I mean, we've had him on the channel and he's just a lovely bloke. And I what I love about him, he was just, and, and, I, and, I, and it's, Again, it's actually looking at the end of season reviews. I went back and looked at some of them recently and I didn't realise how much of a good player he was. He was always just on the team sheet. Never really thought of that, you know, but he was a brilliant, he was a really, really more of a modern day right back because he'd like Absolutely. bomb forward quite a lot rather than just be a defender. Um, but no, he was a great guy and um, a lovely bloke. Right, Tim Breakers in. Who is next? Centre, we're going centre back? What are we doing? We'll go centre back. Yep. So um, I'm going to go with Ginge. Yeah. Um, just what the guy was all about. He was, he loved the club. Um, and I always said he probably could have not been in a top six side week in, week out. But I do believe that he could have been on the bench and come mm. on and, and done a job for someone. Yeah. Because I believe he was really, you know, he used to just put his body on the line. He'd chuck himself in front of anything. Uh, his passion. And, you know, he wasn't, he used to make, Problem is with Jim, sometimes he make the one mistake and it would cost us a goal. But it, it's that position, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, nine times out of ten, he was brilliant, and it's a shame how it ended for him. I was gutted. Um, yeah, I think everyone was. The, the fans adored him, and he, he adores the club, and uh, it's a real shame because we'd all like to, have, you know, say goodbye to him, sort of thing. But no, yeah. I think the way he played for us, and it's a shame when we sold him. I was gutted when we sold him, and obviously he came back. But no, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a real shame he's, he's no longer a, even at a club yeah. as a. A coach or something yeah you, you i mean he's got his i know he's got his his, his soccer school as well any at the moment so you never know it might be something down the line you know i i think what the thing about ginge was i just i mean and it'll be honest looking back at it i can't really remember his first period as much as his second period like he came back he just but he came back as a as a, as a more west ham defender if that made sense he came back he had the skinhead he'd obviously been working with Richard Dunn at Villa and he came back as like the veteran, you know, like an Alvin, old school Alvin Marty, yeah. the goatee. And he That's looked it. like a, and he just looked more hard. And uh, he just, uh, maybe because he was not as quick as he was when he, when he first joined us, he seemed a lot more, he could read the game better. You know, traditionally, you know, our centre-backs haven't been the quickest. I think people like Alvin and Tony Gale and yeah. people like that. But they read the game and he seemed, seemed to read the game a lot better. And he just had this affection with the fans, you know, and like Chav Corner like, would love him and adopted Chav Corner would love him as well. And, and I love a player who genuinely gives his shirt away to someone, you know, not just... Not just ceremoniously, like frozen to crowd. He picks someone up like a little kid and hands him his shirt, and it costs him fuck all, doesn't it? It costs him exactly. nothing, and uh, it makes such a difference to that person. But uh, yeah, Ginger Pele's him. Ginger it's Pele's just him. Way, it's just the way he used to like. He didn't care if he got a bloody nose or a broken no. nose. It's, you no. know, if, he, Put, if that ball school. was going in the back of the net and he threw his, he threw his face in front of it, he'd yeah. do it. And you, and, and you, gem- you know, and we yeah. love that at West Ham. It's like, oh god, you know, yeah, dicks, you know, yeah. Right, who's next? No, who's next? I love James Collins, yeah. Who's next, man? Um, Steve Potts for me. Oh, Potsy. Oh, my. Brilliant. Love. Just, again, in the team when I was growing up and, again, a, a long-term um, servant to the club. Played, can play, I think he was kind of playing right back when, when I was growing up, but then moved yeah. to centre-back and I mean, came, actually yeah. got that one and only goal against Hull, which was an absolute yeah. belter, but, no, brilliant. Absolutely just Mr. Consistent again. You know, I think that's the third player in this team that's underrated, if not the fourth. Yeah. Whether I'm just being biased or not, but Potts was, you know, he was American. He never played for America. Which is I know. Weird, isn't it? Weird, isn't it? Connecticut, he came from um, originally. Um, but yeah, no, he was just, he was just Mr. Consistent, wasn't he? And someone who was five foot eight. Yeah. Something like that. Shouldn't have been a good centre back. But, you know, but, but, I mean, Tim Breaker coming into the team. Push Potts into centre back, really, and uh, and and then he was, uh, you know, I think he's great. And obviously, he's someone who's still in the club, you know, obviously under under twenty three's coach. Absolutely. Um, and it's, just, it's a shame his son, you know, uh, Brad. Yeah. Um, is it Brad Potts? Uh, Danny. Danny. That's what I'm thinking of the other yeah. Barnsley player. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a shame it never worked out for him because um, that'd have been nice to to have him in the team, like you know, have mm. the Martin son sort of thing as well. But yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, Steve Potts was um, a great captain. Yeah, he was a fantastic captain. Never had a hair out of place. Um, that'll be a good eleven. Father and son eleven. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, I reckon you could. That'd be a good one. Or yeah, or father and son, or or, or brothers. Are you the Ferdinand brothers? Anyway, uh, <laughs> or or the cousins. God, you could have the Ferdinands. You could have Rio, Anton, Allen. Les, and the Martin Allens. Allen. Yeah, yeah, Martin Allen, Clive Allen. 
Oh, Paul Allen. God, done the team. Done. Good night. Thank you. Um, right, we'll put Potsy in. Who's going to go left back then? I could probably guess. You probably guessed. Yeah. Ras Van Rats. No. Rita <laughs> <laughs> Ilunga. Yes, um, exactly. No, Dixie. Yeah. I, yeah. I think probably is one of... He, he's the, yeah, he's the most picked, yeah. Just, you can't... I don't need to, to even go on no, about right. Dixie. Everyone knows. Again, gutted when he was sold to Liverpool. Um he came back he knew he knew how much the uh the fans meant to him coming back and i think it was probably the wrong move for him to liverpool um, yeah i think he kind of not regrets it because he's played for liverpool but he's got the i think the last goal he scored it played score in the cop as well so he's, he's got some sort of record but no um it's a shame his knees never um he did up. yeah i mean he's one of those players who i just think he was he was he wasn't as revered outside of West Ham as being a football player as he was inside West Ham because obviously his 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 personality and his his aggression preceded him. He's put, and so everyone thought he was a thug. And yeah, he put he did put in the challenge, and particularly in the earlier stages of his well, career. He was sent off three times in one season. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but he was a fantastic football player, and I think it's something which pe- which outside of outside of West Ham people don't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a shame. But uh, I, yeah, it's a, sh- it's a travesty. He never played for England, to be honest. And well, this is what I was just going to say. You know, they told him not to shave his head, and he said, mm. "Well, you know, I'm shaving my head. I'd rather build a kennel for my dogs and play for England if that's the case." Yeah, just ludicrous. You know, that sort of. You know, we've got to have some sort of image to play for England, but it's crazy. Just isn't a travesty. It? He never played for him because even watching the season reviews, you know, we were in the lower leagues, and I think. You know, he'd get header after header and penalty after penalty and long ranger after long ranger. And, you know, some seasons he was scoring 15 goals a season. It's mental, isn't it, from the left back? And they weren't all penalties, you said. He, yeah. he scored loads in corners as well. And I remember he was the first goal I ever saw score for West Ham was a Julian Dix 30 yards belt into was the it, top corner. Was it against Oxford or Man City? Oxford, Oxford United, 5 3. And Oxford United. 5 3, yeah. And Oxford United scored after about 30 seconds. And I remember that because my granddad, God rest his soul, turned to me and went, that's it, get used to it, you've got a lifetime of this. And I didn't believe him, but now I do. Brilliant game, <laughs> I've still got it on VHS, brilliant game. Yeah, it was so funny, it's just, it was just such a bizarre game. But it was so West Ham. Right, OK, Dixie's in. Who is right. next? So I will go left wing. Yep. Now, this player is my hero, but before I say that, I was going to go, if it weren't for the... For, for this guy, I would have gone with Matty Effrington because mm. I don't think we ever replaced him, to be honest. No, we didn't. Um, he was brilliant for us. Um, mm. Better than than a lot of people th- thought he was. Mm. And like I say, we never replaced him for, for a long time, even if we ever have. Um, Definitely have. Absolutely brilliant he was. But the player I'm going to go for, which is my hero growing up, is Stuart Slater. Oh, Stuart Slater. See you later. I don't know if you've had, if anyone's brought him up before. Yeah, he's got a few times. Yeah, I mean, not as much, to be honest. And and I think he gets a little bit lost in the wash. Do you know what I mean? Of all that players in that era. But um, yeah, Karen, man, talk about Slater, man. Slater was, I mean, I tried to be him at school because he was just, (laughs) I mean, obviously that game against Everton was, everyone will remember, but just just what a winger. You know, he had Mm. pace. There was that goal, and if you remember against Sheffield United, I think it was when Ludo kicked it. Eamon Dolan flicked it on, he chested it, and straight over the keeper. It's probably on YouTube somewhere, but it was yeah. the guy just had brilliant. He was just 
immense for me. Um, he had everything, and and you knew that you would probably guarantee a goal or an assist with him mm. in the team. Mm. Um, and I did meet him, him and Ludo, a few years ago. Um, and I said to him, I was gutted when you left for Celtic. Um, wish you'd never gone. And he said, well, I, I wouldn't have met my future future misses if I'd not. So, no. You know, but exactly. he wasn't. And that's why I like Celtic now, just because of him. But um, it's a shame that move never worked out. And I kind of followed his career after that. And it kind of went downhill. But um, again, another under, underrated player. Yeah. Um, just... Surprise! Bigger teams didn't come come in for him in this country. I know yeah. Celtic were massive back then, but I'm surprised again. Never played for England. Don't know why. Played for the England B team with Bishop. I remember, but yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? It's, it's, I mean, as soon as they have West Ham their badge, they seem to be already four steps below everyone else. It, it, but even now, you know, it's like even like Deck isn't necessarily a nailed-on England starter, which yeah. is absolutely for not ridiculous. You know, um, and and you know they've all. I mean, you've had it before with Julian in before them, Billy Bonds and Phil Parks never got as many games as he should have, and you know obviously Ed Shilton yeah. and Clements, but still, arguably, he was just as good as them two. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's weird with some of our players how they never played that regularly for England. But uh, and Slates was another one, right? Okay, let's put Slates in. Who is going to be next, Lewis? Right, I'll go on the right wing, sure. um, and I'll go Kevin Keane. Oh, Kevin Keane. Again, from that same sort of era. Um, just again, what a tri- tricky little winger. Um, yeah. Lightweight, lightweight, but knew how to, to put a ball in, knew where the back of the net was as well. Um, just, a lovely bloke as well. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is, and he's a great coach as well, isn't he? Yeah. yeah he's very, very highly regarded as a coach. He's he, he, um, At West Ham, I think he's done almost, I think he's done every coaching position you can have at West Ham. Because he was obviously caretaker as well, wasn't he? He's, he's actually yeah. full time, yeah. And then he was assistant, youth team reserved. He's, I think is literally when I interviewed him, it was every, we went through it, and he's pretty much done every position you can do in the coaching staff at West Ham. And he's yeah, incredible bloke. Lovely you know, guy. It, it, you look at most of the goals of the seasons I was growing up and watching. You know, it was either a goal from him or an assist. It was just a bit like Slater, just yeah, knew that with him on that wing, um, cutting in and. And putting a ball in, you know, especially with like Morley Quinn or um, someone like that out front, you know, we would we were guaranteed a goal. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the funny things, the funny story with Kevin Keane when I interviewed him was he his car buddy, his his carpool buddy was Martin Allen. What a weird pairing! I mean, and so every day they would he was go so shy, wasn't he? Kevin yeah, and Allen was, and Martin was Martin, and so they would go. And they were they were in West London, so every day they'd be around the M25 to Chatterweef, both of them. And I was like, and when I asked him about it, Kevin's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, yeah. but it just did. And they became the most like the odd couple. They really were the odd couple. And sometimes they stopped off in Ilford to go and play some snooker or whatever the snooker rule. And uh, but all these stories are like coming out when I'm interviewing him. But Kevin's a fantastic player, and in fact, he was a fantastic player, a lovely guy, great coach. He's trying to get. Um, he, he was. He was. He was asking about Mark. You know, what's Mark going to do? Really retires and stuff. I've already had a word. I've already had a really? word. Yeah, he's a, he, apparently he's a fantastic coach. The kids like he really respects him because obviously they would do. He's like West Ham captain. You know, he's like he's their Billy Bonds, and he's apparently really really good with the kids. But we'll see what happens after he retires. But uh, we'll put Keno in. 
nice couple of old school wingers you've got there, Lewis. Yeah, definitely. proper wingers. Like I say, it's just just because the era growing up and. But it is some, it is that though. Yeah, had some. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we've had some great wingers like oh, well, you you can put Berkovic on the wing. He was probably more as you know central midfielder, second midfielder, but obviously Ben Oyun um, mm. as well. So we've had some good wingers. Uh, like yeah. I say, Matty Everton was one, but for me, just growing up, and I know it was a it was a lower league we were playing back then. You know, it was the old Division Two, but you know, like I said, with with them two on the wing, you know, you were guaranteed guaranteed a goal, and yeah. you know, Morley got a lot of goals just from from them two. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right, let's go into the central midfield positions. Right, there, central. Lewis, we got... Go again. You know, there's, we've had some great ones over the years. Um, Monks was was a favourite of mine, but I'll go with Bish. Yes. Um, again, I know I know I've probably said it for everyone now, but again, underrated. His Terribly. passing was his passing. You know, was if anyone says it, you watch players these days and they play a long range pass, it's like, you know, oh that what an incredible pass. But Bish used to do it and he used to make it. It was just effortless. Yeah, it was complete effortless, and it was, um, you know, it, it crunched into attack. I wasn't afraid of that. Um, obviously, he was a captain at. At one point as well, um, but yeah, his range of passing was was one of the things for me. Mm. Uh, we used to just pick someone out, um, just ping it, and yeah. you find someone's feet. Yeah, such a skillful player. Is you know, he was so silky, wasn't he? He was a silky player. Again, you know, why wasn't he picked for England? Again, he played for England. Exactly, yeah. Maybe he had long hair. Maybe it was yeah. the opposite to Julie. Yeah, he looks. He looks like a woman. Maybe I don't know. Oh, no, I love it. And we've had him on as well. He's been brilliant. And it was funny, when we had him and, and we had Monks on, I was talking about the, them as, as a pairing. Uh, and Monks said, we, we were so confident when we were playing together. There was a two, three season period where we would have taken any midfielder on and had a go at them. Whether it was, you know, Keane, whether it's Vieira and Petit, whether it was, you know, we'd, we were so assured of ourselves and you sort of got that sense with them too that they're right cocky pair of two and uh yeah and some of and the and stories how cheap, and how cheap they were i mean Monk, yeah Monks was what a million pound bish from was... swindon yeah well he was bish was four, part of the deal of yeah he was right. part of the deal with morley and, yeah. and wardy Mark going Ward, the other one yeah. yeah and so yeah i mean fuck all money really but i mean you know what they bought to the club you know, and and not just that, but obviously there were characters, and we love characters at West Ham, and they both were fantastic. You know, and some of the stories that Bish tells me about, you know, he's about, and he used to you know, wind up. He told me a story actually about Steve Potts. Actually, Steve Potts's testimonial year, and they were having a dinner, a gala dinner up in London, and he got Potsy so legless. <laughs> That he was like he couldn't he was almost comatose, and he was walking around with Steve Potts like held up like he was asleep on his arm for the whole night. And oh, it was just so funny. And Bish would always when you you, you think you'd look at Potts and think he was teetotal, but yeah, totally. And I think he usually was, but it was his testimonial year, and his wife and, and Potts, I think he said Potts's wife was absolutely apoplectic at Bish for how and, and he's done it before and he was also telling a story he used to wind up you know, he used to wind up Alvin Martin and honestly it's some of the stories and you just think that era that era of him Mad Dog Monks Al Monks, Martin. there's that there's that one with Monker when he was you know running around the training ground with his pants it, took it's, it, we, took talk, we talk about that yeah we talk about that it exactly tells me exactly what happened and so because I interviewed someone else uh, a guy called Reese Bayliss, who 
who was at the training ground when that happened because they used to let the kids in um, to watch the players you know the, the kids that you know skived off school basically at lunchtime um, they used to let them in and Harry's let them in to watch the train and and Monks tells the story that he it was when it was like a really cold day or really wet day and basically all the foreign lads would turn up and nick all the kit and they'd like had like two jumpers on two yeah. pa- pairs of leggings and or leggings like uh jo- you know, jogging pants yeah. and um he turned up and he went to eddie what we got mate he goes no no kit mate you only got cut like a t-shirt and but he was i'm not having this so he literally went completely bollock naked ran out ran past the door harry's door because he saw Harry just saw this naked man just run across, like pops his head out, proper like carry on style, uh, and he was like running onto the pitch. And he said, "John, get in! We've got the sky cameras in today." And so John was like, "And because apparently John did like a massive Klinsman dive, like in the mud, like completely naked." And he said, "Look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting any kit. I'm going to go naked every day." And from then on, he always had a, a tracksuit. Always had his own tracksuit. So there we go. But um, I wonder if he's calmed down now, or he's still the no. Same absolutely crazy honestly I, and i and i watched the interview again last night there was nothing on to do so i watched it again last night and was just laughing because he's still got that cheeky chappy nature he's about glasses him. now as well, he's got he glasses he's got he's like yeah he had these all, but he's just he's just so funny because he's, he's not one of those people you, you see a lot on you don't see him on twitter or on facebook or you he doesn't do any a lot of that but he's still got that twinkle. And when he talks about things, you just see his face come alive. And you're like, oh, God, I'll tell you this. And he's just like telling this story and this story and this story. Stories I hadn't heard. It was absolutely brilliant. But uh, anyway, we'll put Bish in. There we go. Bish is in. And that's, what you, need for, and that's what you need for a dressing room. You know, if totally. You're, if, you're, if you're, you know, struggling at the bottom of the league, you need players like that to, totally. to, pick, the, to, to, to pick the team up. And, yeah. You know, um, just go out and have a good time. And that's what Nolan and Rim used to try and do. Yeah, you know, when we were struggling at times, you used to just get the lads together. Like Lucas Neal, I think he was big. He big as yeah, very much so. Anton Ferdinand yeah. was was very. And you him. imagine if you had Bish Monks and all that, and you're struggling, and yeah. you know, you're having a laugh in training. You know, it just it just brings that morale up. Well, it's like nothing. What I mean again, it's, this is becoming a John Monker episode, but I don't care because I think I actually adore the bloke. He was telling me this other story um, about the foreign players, and I was like, how does it work? How, you know, because obviously you've got. It's quite savage in your dressing room, I'd imagine, with you, Bish, Martin Allen. He went, yeah, you'd you'd give it and you'd get it. It was pretty savage. Went, Sometimes I'd literally come home and my my sides would be hurting, so I was laughing so much during training, which is lovely to hear. Um, and and he was saying when like the foreign players in, they some of them just couldn't get it, and like Davil Suke was one. He, mo- he used to call him Big Dave, and. Um, and he used to just anyway big dave big dave was really into his stocks and shares and so um he basically said to john because john started to do a bit of stock bit of stock broking you know it's like it's like a punt really it's like a gamble for him and um he's like right i've got a good deal coming in some some good shares coming in there's going to be a a report soon they're going to fly we're going to make we're going to make our money on this and then harry heard about it as well he's like what's going on here you know what's going on here so they all put money into these stocks and that week, next week, the, the report came out and all the stocks plummeted and they all lost their money. Training next day, Monks kept on going into Sukair like proper double-footed tackles really? during training. And uh, Big yeah. Dave gets up and turns to Harry and he went, Harry's going, just play on, play on. Like, I'm just trying to kick the shit out of him because they lost their money. But oh, it's just, honestly, that era. 
just love that era. All the stories are brilliant. Right, anyway, we'll move on. We digress as we always do in this channel. We put Bish in. Who's next, man? Who do we have next, Lewis? Right, up, uh, Nobes. Nobes. Um, again, I could have picked um, Monks again with Bish, but yeah. I've gone with Nobes just because he is Mr. West Ham, as we know. Mm. I've, I've never been one for, for telling him, you know, saying that he needs to be dropped because for me, he's epitome of, of, of that team. And again, of course, yeah. probably had something to do with this season when we were struggling all Definitely. together. Um, mm. But I just love the way he, with his passion, and especially when we play Spurs and um, just everything about him. Um, and I love the loyalty he's been, I think, Fulham were after him at one stage. Yeah. Um, and he, he just, just decided to stay just because how much he loves the club. And, mm-hmm. and I love law players like that. You know, Colton Cole as well. You know, yeah. loyal Potsy, as we said, as well. So, um, no, for me, is yeah, I'm yeah. glad he's I'm glad he's still here. It's a shame he's getting on a bit. But as long as he stays around for the next couple of years and, and um, does his badges and at least gets, you know, 10, 15 minutes at the end or something. But we need we need someone like him in the dressing room, I believe. Oh, definitely. You know, like I say, I'm sure he had something to do with, with uh, and towards the end of the season, he got the yeah. lads together and stuff because he knows how much it means as a fan. You know, you could be a captain, you could be a foreign captain who's come over here and you don't know what this club means. But no, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's what we need. And when he goes, we will, even the ones that have slagged him off and said, he, you know, he's too old, he shouldn't be in the team, I think they'll realise that totally. we will miss him. Mm. No, absolutely, totally. I mean, he... Uh, and I've mentioned it before on the channel. Um, <clears throat> uh, when the, the Chelsea game, he wasn't on the, in the squad, so he was sat behind. So he, so when there's no obviously no fans, um, all the auxiliary squad players they sit in the disabled area, and so I could see them. And um, no, his baseball game, and literally he is. And you know when people go, oh, I love the club. He is obviously a genuine West Ham fan, mm. and he kicks there. You watch him there. He was kicking every ball, and when that goal went in, when Yarmolenko scored that third goal, he almost like he was going to punch a hole through the really? wall. Brilliant. And literally, as soon as the whistle went, he leapt over the barrier. He shouldn't. Have, he probably could have fucked his ankle, but leapt over the barrier to run down and get in the tunnel as quickly as possible. Wasn't going to go down the stairs or down the lift, you know, straight in. And and I think it's so nice for West Ham or for any football club to have, you know, your captain is a fan. It makes such a massive difference to the... Yeah. And you're right. And and actually, I was... So Moisey was saying the other day in one of his press conferences that the people that he brings into the club now, he wants them to know what West Ham is all about before they sign you know what I mean he doesn't want to sign players who are fancy that who aren't going to put a shift in who are sort of you know top four players you know they they don't put a shift in really they're just skillful and and I think there's a realization in that and you can see why we've got more West Ham ex-players in the setup obviously someone like Kevin Nolan you know is a great captain for us as well his influence is clearly on the team around sort of since we stop sticking with the corners and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, Colton, obviously, you've got people like that, um, Zavon Hines, Potsy, all these people, you know, are just in the club and it just helps keep that sort of boot boy, boot room atmosphere, which I think West Ham need. Uh, as you said, when Mark's gone, hopefully he'll he'll be, you know, in the in the setup, coaching, youth team coach or whatever. Um, because and it's a shame we've got that. no one coming up behind him that has got that, passion for the club because when he goes 
there's not going to be anyone in there that's really got. No, I think obviously we know we know who Mr. Rice's favourite team are, but I think Mr. Rice has a real affection for the club, and yeah. you can see that, and you can see that when obviously when he won the Hammer of the Year. A, that didn't sound like a player who was going to go, who wanted to go, not was going to go, wanted to leave a club. And I think he's one of those players who's not going to, if, if God forbid Chelsea put in, you know, if they put in like 30 million and Ollie Barkley, we'd tell them where to go, I would hope. And Deck isn't going to throw his toys away. I would love Deck to be our next Mr. Mark Noble. You never know. I mean, you never know. He seems such, he seems such a level-headed bloke. He would, if he stayed at West Ham, he would be a massive fish in a small pond at Chelsea. He'll be one of it. You know, he'll be lost in the what? Ollie Barkley. He was like, you know, God at Everton. He went to Chelsea. And he's you forget he plays for, for the club, yeah. and I'm worried that would happen to Deck as well, particularly because I think you know, they, you know, we go again massive tangent, but you know how they, you know, I think Lampard's got this view of him playing centre back, and it's like I'm not being funny. The position Declan Rice plays plays for West Ham, that position is so unusual. They're really hard to get those types of yeah. players. Centre back, you can go and pay forty million for Nathan Aki, or you can go buy Koulibaly from Napoli. You can get a decent centre back. You can't get a decent that Fernandinho, that Declan Rice, that position, and he'll and he it'd be wasted if he goes to Chelsea. I really think that talent would be wasted. Sure, he might get more England caps because he might end up playing centre back. Yeah, but. but as a as a professional, very similar to you know when Rio left, he went to Leeds, he went to United, and although he had a fantastic career, they knocked out that ball playing side of Rio Ferdinand. You know he was a defender, not this, and you know he would be in the same same as Joe Cole. He get, then gets pigeonholed onto the left wing or whatever, yeah. and doesn't and isn't this little free spirit role. Um, people stay at West Ham, I think they would make a difference. Anyway, anyway, there's yeah, and, my plea. And, and how many managers has he played under as well? Exactly. You know, if, if he was that bad, you know, or, you know, some people might say, well, did, is it just because he is Mr. West Ham that he's not that good? Some managers haven't rated him, but he's he's just been playing just because of who he is. But no, he's he's very worthy of being in that team. Oh, totally. And you're, and, again, and you're right. Yeah. And again, why didn't he get an England cap? Exactly. You know, and he made a decision to, to stick with England rather than Ireland. And, yeah. You know, he could it could have been a you know could have had thirty, forty, fifty Irish caps to be honest. But um, and I, and I like the way Moyes has found a position for him because we we know clearly that he's not going to play ninety minutes every week. We know we've got Deck for the beginning of the season yeah. and Suchek plus four nows or one more. Um, and so this that number ten role he's been playing the last few weeks just seems to suit him almost like a, a floating role. Um, and he's just his influence on the team from pitch side it makes a hell of a lot of difference. But um, and, he, and he comes back, you know, people slag him off, and he comes back. Look at that Norwich game where he set up, mm. um, you know, and he was instrumental in that game. And people, you know, he just, you know, he gets slagged off, but he's he's straight in there and he's he's putting in totally like that. It just basically shut people up. But yeah, no, you know, I think he'd be happy with a um, a, a more backseat role next season. I think he's realistic. As long as he's there, he's not worried about money. He's, he does well out of property anyway, so yeah. he's just happy just to be in and around that team and play 10, 15 minutes if he could. Exactly, and he's, he's realistic as well. I mean, if it means that we keep Deck, we make him... I mean, he'll always be club captain when he's there, but Deck's team captain, you know, 
Mark would be the first person to hand a hand there because he will see it's for as for the greater good of the club. You know, he he knows his time is somewhat you know on borrowed time at the moment, um, and and if we can, as you said, he can play that sort of backup role. You know, but being the main influence in the dressing room, he could do that for two seasons. You know, he's he's fitter than ever. I think you know he just seems and under under sort of Moisey and and Pellegrini actually he became a different player. I think when he was playing with Slav, he was like sixty minutes and he was blowing. Where yeah. with the emergence of Declan Rice playing as well, Declan Rice can do a lot more of the donkey work. It gives less pressure on Mark Noble. Now with Suchek in, Suchek's doing more of the donkey work. Deck's got more f- freedom to go forward, and then Mark's got more freedom. It's, it's 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 it does work. I can see method in his madness in terms of Moisey, but um, well, you, they say that about Moisey, don't they? That he's. I remember him coming in first time round, and they said the first training session, players were absolutely shattered. They've mm. never trained so hard, and yeah. I think that's why. Because under Slav, personally, I I know a lot of people disagree, but I think that he was. It was the right time to go. You know, we were yeah. last for running. We were. Training was like a kindergarten. It was it was not a great place to be around. And apparently, as soon as Moyes come in, apparently Pellegrini was, you know, we weren't training as hard as as we should have been. But as soon as Moyes gets in there, well, he's got that sort of that sort of that sort of Scottish attitude. You know what I mean? It's just like I think Pellegrini was would been great if we were a top six team. Do you know what I mean? And 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 you know, to be perfectly honest, if your team is that good and you've got that many star players. The actual training is is relatively it's all set plays and you know it's more tactical stuff where you know if you're in the bottom half that it's a different type of manager you, you need and I don't think Pellegrini was that manager we jumped before we could run I think um, we need yeah. to and that's what I like about Moisey he's setting this infrastructure things like a scouting network and you know he's really into his analytics and stuff like that and that's all you need to have a successful team and then whoever comes in after Moyes, they've got that structure in place rather than having to start all the way and build it up back again, which is what he's had to do with because obviously Pellegrini had it all on bits of paper and took it with him when he left. So, exactly, yeah. um, and it's just it's, it's it's a shame. But uh, anyway, we put we put Nobs in um, up front. Who we got up front? Right up front, we'll go Trevor Morley. Oh, good old Trev. Um, Mr. Prolific. He was season after season. Yeah. Um, you know, and he hit the ground running from day one, really. Oh, he did. Um, and again, he used to play lower league football with us, you know, unfortunately. You know, we went down a couple of times and he was there. But, you know, he was, he, even in the Premier League, um, he knew where the back of the net was. Mm. Just a brilliant all-round player. He used to get his head in, didn't care. Um, again, a bit like Ginge, you know, he should just put in there, just boots come flying at him. He's, he's getting in there with his yeah. head and stuff. He used to be kicked about so many times, but... Again, you know, I know he's in Man City, but Man City weren't a big club back then. But why wasn't a bigger team come in for him? Because you know, he's—I don't know—he's game to goal ratio, but it would have been very, very good for us. Yeah, and he always put a shift in, didn't he? Always put yeah, a shift in. You know what I mean? He's like, and he—he he, he wasn't injury prone either. You know, we've had some. No, you're right. You're right. And he was—he was very good with, you know, staying on the pitch and. Um, playing game after game. So. Despite his sort of like bustling, getting stuck in their nature, which is, you know, usually, 
you know that that might precipitate you get that's a long word precipitate um, but that might mean you get you know get a, you know, a bruised eye or a, or a you know elbow and you know but he never seemed to he said get injured he always seemed to just old school old school striker you know dust himself off and carry on again um yeah i know yeah trevor moore is a big, i remember i remember he got booted in the face against portsmouth and he was basically he'd scored and the boot <laughs> come flying in but he'd scored the goal and that, as far as i'm all that, I, what I remember, he, he actually carried on playing after that, but he was just pouring the blood from his mouth. But, you know, he just didn't care. And, you know, he just knew where the back of the net was. Yeah. Um, no matter what league. And no, I know Man yeah. City fans really rated him as well. But Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, mean he's really, I mean, he was always, you know, I just thought he was uh, just a really nice bloke as well, you know. Uh, he's very, so is, is, it, is it Norway he lives now? Yeah, uh, yeah, Norway or yeah, it might be Norway or Holland, randomly somewhere like yeah, he's, he's he lives somewhere. He like does that. a commentary, doesn't he? I think on football and stuff over there. Right? Yeah, he does. So, uh, but yeah, no, he's on there. So, okay, we'll put Trevor in. Who's the last one? Right, last one. Um, again, you know, I could have gone for players like Carl Cole. Yeah, Mister Loyal, brilliant. Tevez, I thought was, you know, brilliant. It's a shame. You know, he didn't stay for any longer, but I'll go with um, Dean Ashton. Dino. Dino. Um, it's just a massive shame what happened to him. Um, it is. And we, ne- and we never we never got the compensation for that. And that still rolls me that we never got anything towards that. Mm. You know, we lost a £7 million player that would have cost other teams 20 to buy off us. Um but yeah. we were so lucky to have him, but we just didn't have him long enough. No, we um, didn't. And I, I was at the <laughs> cup final, so basically I got a ticket in the Liverpool end. Yeah. Um, one of my suppliers um, got me and one of the buyers a, a ticket. He was a Liverpool fan, and obviously me being West Ham, like a thousand pound ticket. But anyway, yeah. we got a ticket, um, so I'm stuck in the corner of Liverpool end. A couple of West Ham uh, girls next to me, and obviously surrounded by Mickey Mouse's. Um, and of course he scored. Yeah. Um, and th- and then of course he scored again, but the second time he comes running over towards the corner flag. You'll watch it, you'll see it. And of course there's these two girls next to me. They're going mental, and I'm having to just kind of sit on my hands, just like, oh, what do I do? I'm surrounded by these big burly scousers. Yeah, makers. Yeah. And he comes towards me, and I was, I was so tempted <laughs> just to to get up and hug him, but um, <laughs> but just a phenomenal striker um, yeah he yeah he was and 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 he's he, he's so funny i still can't watch programs with sean white phillips on without switching them off it's really weird you know it's like it's, yeah he, i'm saying honestly it's really weird isn't it it's so childish because it was just we a challenge you know? um, yeah like i say we never got anything for that no that's that's um, bizarre isn't it it's so weird because mm-hmm. you, you know you just think what he could have been, not just for England, not just for West Ham, but for England. I mean, yeah, he might not have been there for maybe another couple of seasons and then had to go to Man United or whatever. But, you know, at that time, England were crying out for a partner for Wayne Rooney and they had Heskey and stuff. But if they had Dean Ashton and him, they would have been world beaters, honestly. He was a phenomenal player. And, it, and we, I, used to, I, we, we used to call him Fat Annie Lennox because he, when he went blonde. Yeah. We used to call him that in there. The uh, Trevor Brookings, yeah. But I just thought, you know, and he's just like, I, I remember getting, I remember the excitement when we signed him. So I was really excited. And it's the similar level of excitement I got when we signed Bowen. 
he was that young, hungry championship player, and you just knew well, he was like seven million. And at the time, that was a that was a fair fair whack, really, um, for a player. And but he was just the complete striker. I thought he was he was reasonably not rapid, but he was quick to beat a defender. He was strong. He was skillful. He could obviously he was tall. He could do the the flamboyant stuff as well. Um, he could beat a man. He was just—he was the complete striker, and we've never replaced him, no. never. Which is no, a terrible shame. You guarantee, if it had been at another club, he wouldn't have got an injury, and he'd have probably had gone on to other. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just the way it's the West Ham way. Yeah, exactly. He's the West Ham way, and and that's difficulty. But um, yeah, our, we're we're littered with those types of stories, aren't we, for our club? You know what could have been and. It's like, oh, I don't know. But, I mean, Dino just, yeah, I thought he was a fantastic player. And, again, they were trying to, you know, it, it didn't work. On paper, it would have worked because, obviously, mm. they brought in Bellamy as well. And him and Bellamy, you yeah. know, given enough time to shine, would would have, I honestly think, would have been our Cotty McAvenny partnership. Um, mm. they were he both tried fantastic. to come back as well, didn't he? And he just said, he said, I, I tried it. It just, it just didn't work. Now, no. I think his, his insurance didn't pay out because, obviously, he tried to, to come back and, basically you know made it worse sort of thing yeah. i think he said in the interview that he didn't get anything for it because no. you know the insurance didn't pay up because you know i tried to come back sort of thing when i shouldn't have done but yeah it's a shame it is a shame but unfortunately but i mean you know we've got we had you know he made a he made a, a fantastic impact for the short time he was there you know so to speak on the pitch in terms of the fa cup and obviously the semi-finals goals and things like that and just some and obviously when he came back for the testimonial for mark and he did his did his bicycle kick and then had to you know what to go off because you know he's back and it's like but it just shows you that it's still there the you know it was still something there as a player and uh, Cause I, was, uh, I was there at, i was there at old trafford when he scored that goal and yes it was 4-1 wasn't it but i yeah. was Again, one of my supplies. He played a box at Old Trafford, and I was basically sitting, sitting in there. And I know we got beaten, but what a goal! Oh, exactly. And, and that's what we—that's what we want. It's those moments, isn't it, that we live for as West Ham fans? We can talk about. Um, Lewis, it's been—it's been as I said. Look, time flies. Almost an hour. Who knows? Yeah, that's you. what I mean. There's, Does there's, there's players you look at and you think, oh, De Canio, you know? Of course. So many different players, but it was kind of for me it just. You know, probably the Canio over Trevor Morley, a lot of people would say. But for me, you know, it's kind of an era. It's a, it's it, most sort of thing. exactly, and football is based on opinions, and and everyone has a different opinion and different time references of when they were really into the team. And I mean, my reference, my time references. You know, people say, people said to me that you know, when you, your favourite type of music is when you're sort of fifteen, sixteen, and and I think that and. Well, yeah, I agree, but I think that's the same with footballers and football times as well. So my most fond memories were when I was about 15 or 16 of West Ham. And so the players I sort of are, are my favourite players tend to be around that era. And it's just, and, but then obviously... What, what year did you start supporting the club? Then? So I, I mean, I, well, I, my, first, my first game was 92, okay. when I, 1993 season. I would have been... I was a quite late developer in terms of going to, so I can't remember. I must have been at least, at least 11, he says. 
I was quite late, maybe 12. So my era was that to sort of the, the mid-90s, the late 90s. So it is Trevor Morley, Ian Bishop, John Monker, Pete Butler, Steve Jones. You know, we've had them all on the channel as well, apart from Morley yet. Yeah. We'll get him on. Uh, and, you know, and then maybe going into sort of Shaka, sort of like, you know, De Canio. That was my era. And so those are the players that I have an affection to. And... It's the same true. So if you interview people who are younger than them, younger than us, for example, then there there will be sort of midnight. There'll be sort of Sebastian Schemmels and, and that you know. And that's yeah. what's great about the channel because you know you get some really random ones. So we had uh, one the other day. What was what was one's come the other day? Like people like. Uh, but it's just the stories of some of these players as well. Like some guy did, I've done some unsung heroes or unlikely elevens, and it's just stories well, about was, players. That's what I was going to do, sort of like a. I was going to do my 11 and then I was going to do the, the worst sort of 11 afterwards, like <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Quinn and Gary Charles and um, Alu Diara and Boogers. And, um, but we've had, we've, like but people like Boogers we've had on in people's 11s as well, because we interviewed a, a guy called James John, who runs the We Are West Ham podcast. And he has yeah. one of, and probably the only one in existence. He has a, uh, a West Ham shirt with Boogers on the back. Because he'd gone to the club shop to buy a shirt that day. They'd signed Marco Boogers. And his dad said, this guy's going to be mustard. And so he's got Boogers, where he was 13 or whatever he was at the time. And, uh, and yeah, no, it's, it's funny how these, some of these stories come on. But um, anyway, Luke. Yeah, I, I, I love God. players like, you know, Jerome Bora. I used to love players, the oh, underrated yeah. players. The yeah, guys yeah, yeah. That, you know, didn't really do a lot, didn't score a lot of goals. But Bora was... But were just there. The, the late great Burr, should I say? Late great. Um, no, I, yeah, I know. I I like those players. I, I remember. I remember even like we was when we signed Diego Tristan, and I was, you know, yes, over the moon with that because he was like, I mean, he yeah, didn't work out. But nah, in his prime, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. He was good on Championship Manager and stuff like that, wasn't it? So it was like Dave Tristan's brilliant, and and it's like we've got um yeah I like I like interviewing the the players who, uh, are gone but. Gone and forgotten, I call them sometimes. So we've had people like, um, obviously we've had the, the, the Tony Gales and, and Cotties yeah. and stuff. But we've, you know, like people like John Pantsill and uh, we have, I've had Luke Chadwick on. Um, we've got, um, uh, who, who am I interviewing? I'm interviewing a couple more. We've got um, Ian Foyer. Do you remember him? The Ian goalkeeper. Foyer, was, was tallest, goalkeeper tallest goalkeeper in the Premier League, I believe. Great, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's yeah. still the tallest goalkeeper in the Premier League, ever to play. And he was the first American player to play in the in the, in the first. It took him six years to make a debut for us because we signed him in '94. He then went out. He went, we got rid of him in '96. He came back in 2000 and made his debut. But I love players like that because they've they've all they've all worn a West Ham shirt, and whether it's once or or it's 500 or or 700 times, they've all done something that we wanted to do and we still want to do as an you know in our dreams. And so. Doesn't matter who they are, even like even as he said, even the ones we take the Mickey out of, even the Medus and and uh, yeah. Andy Andy Melvilles and the Malky Mackays and even the Wayne Quins, you know, they've still played for West Ham, and so you know they they they're connected to us somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to get as many. You'd have to try and get Stuart Slater on then. I I'm working on it, Lewis. Don't worry. Okay. My agent, agent, agent Steve Jones is trying to get me that sorted. But yes, yeah, so he's, um, he's not reactive on Twitter. I know. No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, and but um, we're going to try and, and, and get slates on anyway soon. But um, anyway, Luke, it's been lovely Brilliant. chatting to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, mate. Yeah, thank and you, thank you mate. to everyone for watching as well. Like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Keep an eye out for all the um, 
all the fundraising stuff we'll do in a couple of weeks time and from me and lewis take care everyone stay safe come on you irons and we'll see you again very very soon cheers everyone bye-bye take care mate take care sports social podcast network